Welcome to Talking Mom to Mom. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. My name is Lindsay and my co-host, whom you will meet shortly, is Rochelle. We are two moms on the opposite side of the same coin. Between the two of us, we have children at every age and stage and hope to inspire those homeschool moms who need to pick me up in their busy schedule, busy just like us. We have come to realize that the best way to approach this sanctifying work of motherhood is with a good dose of humor and humility. Thank you for joining us today. Now let's get on with the show. Hi there, this is Rochelle. Thank you for joining me on Talking Mom to Mom. And today I would like to talk about three ways that you allow sin to grow in your child's heart. Quite some time ago, I wrote a blog post about this. It was a year or so ago. It is currently on our blog, so you can see it there for um, more details. But right now I would like to talk about that because growing sin, letting sin grow in your child's heart, of course, is the last thing any of us want to do or want to be a part of. And we want to nip that right in the bud. But I think sometimes we allow it to grow without realizing that's what we're doing, you know, out of exhaustion, out of a lot of a lot of different things that come into play just the day-to-day, you know. Our day-to-day, day-to-day operations can really zap the life out of you, can't it? And so let, let's get into it. The first one is ignoring small sin, but quote-unquote small sin. So when we ignore what would be small sin, well, sin is never small. And that's one thing that we have to remember. Sin is not small. Every act of rebellion, no matter the size, should be handled swiftly and purposefully. Okay? Every act. It needs to be handled that way because every time a child is able to get away with a certain behavior, it is encouraging that behavior. We learned from, we talked about habit training a long time ago, um, but when we were doing our Charlotte Mason little series, and we talked about how if you are not purposefully habit training, then you are passively habit training. So if you are not purposely making your child do particular things, then what they're going to learn is the opposite. They're going to learn the default. So if you don't make them make their bed every day, they're going to learn that they don't have to make their bed every day, Right. And so if that's what you want them to do, then you have to train them to do that. And if you get to a point like you have a child who, did you make your bed? And they're like, yeah, I made it. And you go up there and you see that either they didn't make it or they just threw something on, like cover on, and they just wanted to get away with it. You know, what is our role? Is our role to let that go? Say, well, kids will be kids or they just didn't do a chore very well. I don't really want to, you know, it's such a small thing. Well, it's not a small thing, okay? So as I said, every act of rebellion, no matter the size, should be handled swiftly and purposefully. I, I talked about in my post about tree roots. <laughs> it's because at the time that I had been writing this, um, we had a plumbing issue, and a plumber had explained to me how the roots will grow and expand. Tree roots will grow and they'll expand, causing more pressure on, on the pipes. And eventually, it's going to lead to the total collapse of the pipe, you know. So, because you can't let the tree roots go. 
You can't let it go. It's not something that you can just sweep under the rug or say, I'll call somebody, whatever, because they continue to grow, and eventually it will lead to the collapse of one tiny little tree root. So if it's left unchecked and, you know, and there's going to be damage that occurs, you know, underground in the pipes. And the only way that you're preventing that damage is to get rid of the problem, get the tree roots out of there. They've got to be cut out. Well, obviously, this was a really great illustration for me as he's explaining this to me when it comes to sin, of the overgrowth of sin that's in our heart if it's overgrown. What's going to happen is it starts out very, very small, and eventually it's going to grow. If it's not cut out when it's tiny, what is it going to do? Sin doesn't just die. Sin is like a a tree root. It continues to grow, and it's going to expand. And eventually, it's going to lead to the total collapse of our hearts. And obviously, that's not what we want, right? We, We don't want that. So... Um, we want to get that as soon as we can. So, you know, as the first problem goes unnoticed, you know, you've got, you're, it's going to threaten that and threaten the collapse of the heart, crushing your spirit, because it's going to grow. And basically what had happened in my house, which is what I found really cool, I love it when God gives me these illustrations so of things that are going on, you know, like the tree root illustration, because I noticed that I had just a slowing drain. That's what I noticed. That's all I noticed before I called the plumber. You know, the drain's just slow. You know, oh, it's just slow. You know, I'm just going to ignore it. You know, how many, how long can I go before I call somebody and get this taken care of? And, um, you know, we, we think that if we don't really see the impact right away, we assume that we have time. You know, we have time to take care of this. But, you know, just under the surface, you know, there's this root that it's there in the dark and it's being fertilized, it's being, you know, and it's growing and growing. Now, what he had told me is that that was the first sign, the slowing of the drain was the first sign that you've got a problem. Well, we can see that when when we're talking about some with our children, we're going to see that, you know, they don't respond quick as quickly as they used to. They you ask them to do this, they don't respond quite as fast or they don't, they don't clean their their chore, like their chores cleaning the kitchen. They don't clean it quite as well as they used to. You know, they're not, and you don't, you let it go. Like, oh, they didn't, you know, I'll just, whatever, I'll just let it go. Yeah, I'm not going to call them back in here and make them do everything over again. You know, they wash dishes and they they left some still in the sink or they didn't wash them good enough. So we're just going to, oh, we'll let it go because we're busy and we've got something to do. You know, whatever the case may be. But with a lack of discipline and with letting those things go, then sin is going to take root in our heart. Because it doesn't seem like that's an act of rebellion at first. See, that's the tricky part, is that we they did it, right? So it doesn't necessarily seem like it was an act of rebellion, but it is. It's an act of rebellion because they knew what you wanted and they didn't do it. And they need to recognize that that's an act of rebellion because they say, well, that's not how I meant it. Well, but they need to recognize it's exactly what it is, though. Can't let that go. I asked you to do it. This is how it's supposed to be done. Okay. Number two, being an example of unrepentant sin. Okay. So, you know, for ourselves, we all fall short of the glory of God, right? And we all have the ability to repent and be forgiven. And But when we sin, we need to own up to it. 
because they, our kids observe our every action. They're going to pick up on inconsistencies. They're going to pick up on hypocritical behavior. And, you know, if you're going to tell a little white lie or if you're going to, should be doing something, you're not going to do it. You know, all these little things that we are doing, you know, that we're, we're showing our kids. You know, we, we can't, don't fool yourself into thinking that you're hiding your sin from your kid. Okay. They see what we're doing. And if we are somehow unfair with our child, you know, or we yell at them or we, you know, whatever, it is important that we go back and apologize and recognize, tell them that we recognize what we did and apologize and ask for forgiveness. And so they can see a repentant heart. They can see what that looks like. They they need to see what humility looks like. You know, if sin is not shown to be a departure from the presence of God, then will they understand they need a Savior? Okay, so that's what we need them to understand. When we talk about, well, where, how did my kid learn to lie? Well, did we say that we would, oh, we can't do it because we're busy, but we really weren't, you know, can't do we say things like that like oh well we'll just say we're going out of town we'll just say this or we'll just say whatever because we don't want to hurt their feelings or we don't these little things that we get ourselves those you know into little snares our kids observe that so they have to know they have to see that sin is a departure from the presence of god they need to see that so they will understand that they need a savior and they will see that you as an example have a repentant heart Okay, and then number three, being too exhausted just to nip it in the bud because, you know, it's it's exhausting, right? Parenting can be very exhausting. You have a lot to do. You have tons of things to do all day, taking care of kids, taking care of the house, taking care of your husband, taking care of whatever, family. Um, just there's so I'm sure our to-do lists are just uh, busting, you know, they're just cannot get it all done in a day. So what happens is we get so exhausted that we kind of let things go. You know, they'll our kids will ask us some things. You know, they'll ask, "Can I do this? Can I do this?" Can I? they'll whine, they'll present themselves in a ungodly way by whining or you've already told them no, but they'll keep asking and then you give in and you say yes. You know, or that that type of thing. Or you see that they're doing something and you just let it go as long as they're being quiet because I just need a few minutes. As long as they're just, you know, they're occupied because I really need to fold all this laundry. I really need to take care of this. Or I hear them fighting and, you know, you've got a child in need of spiritual guidance or discipline, but you just can't mother right now. You know, you just can't do it. You know, as mothers, we train character, we mold minds, and we equip them to be soldiers for Christ. That's our job, and it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. And because, you know, you've got kids that are fighting or they're throwing tantrums or you going through so many things and yourself. But when things let go, when you let things go and you stop running the race, you stop running that, you know, you're like, oh, I'm just going to stop. I'm going to stop running this, this marathon, this spiritual marathon 
because I just, I'm too exhausted. I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to hide under, put my head in the sand, and the kids can do whatever they want. What's it going to harm them? I've told them not to do that, but they're doing it anyway. That's just encouraging sin to grow in their heart. And the, the only way to truly, I have found, to, you're not, you know, it's, we're not perfect, of course. We're not perfect people. But if your kids learn that you're not perfect and you need a savior and you're repentant, then that's a good example to them. They don't need to feel like you're perfect. They're going to find out you're not. So they don't need to, <laughs> they don't need to live under that illusion. They're going to find out you're not. What they need is the spiritual guidance of when you do make a mistake, when you do sin, what do you do? That's what they need. How do you follow God? You know, that's what they need from you. They need to know how, how are you humble? How to show humility? You know, how to show forgiveness. So it's hard to get over the exhaustion. It's hard to get over those things. But we need to keep things with an internal perspective because a lot of things can wait. Your dishes can wait. You can put dinner on hold. But the thing that you cannot put on hold is guiding your children's hearts toward God. That's the thing you cannot put on hold. That's the thing that takes precedence. You know, if it means that something does laundry doesn't get folded, it means it doesn't get folded. It's okay. Laundry doesn't get folded. What are you going to do? Well, what's going to happen? What's the worst thing that can happen if that laundry basket does not get folded right now? But you take the time out to disciple your child. You're going to take the time out to make sure there's not sin growing in their heart and their heart is not threatened to collapse under the weight of the sin, the pressure of it. And they're, you know, Taking that time, even if it's away from dinner is going to be an hour later, even if it's, okay, well, I can't, we can't go to the park today because and meet people, even though I really needed this time myself, but this child right here right now needs to be put in a timeout. <laughs> this child does not deserve to go to the park. They need to see consequences. You know, they need to understand that. Then take that time and do it. Another proactive step because discipline is something, like I said, should always be done swiftly and purposefully. And if it's done that way, you're going to find your kids will become more obedient, which will make your house a little bit more calmer, at least a little less stressful from the from that angle. You know, you're still going to have a lot to do. You're still going to, you know, be stressed. But, you, you know, your children will be responding positively, not all the time because they're not perfect. That's why you're there to continually guide them. But habit training, again, I have found has been a, a great um, a great way to encourage a home to be to run a little bit smoother. Training them to be obedient, training them in the chores that they need to do, training them in their attitude, continually being an example. And it's all difficult and it's all exhausting. So you're going to need to take some time for yourself to decompress. You're going to need to make that a priority to take care of yourself. Because at least, I mean, maybe you're not like this, but I know when I'm exhausted, I know when I'm just, I, there are times that I just want to just give it all up. I'm like, you know what, I don't care. I, I can't do this anymore. Yes, you can have ice cream for dinner and fight with your sister because I just don't feel like doing it. Yes, you can watch this show that I haven't seen first because I just don't have time to watch it and I'm tired of hearing you talk about it. You know. <laughs> well, here's the thing. My default answer for my children is going to always be no. If they come to me and they cannot pressure me into making a decision because they're 
pressuring will always give them the negative answer. And they've learned that. And that's what, instead of giving in, because it's so easy to give in because you want them to, you just, oh, I'm so stressed and I just want them to be quiet. I mean, maybe that's not you, but that's me. I, that's how I was. I just wanted them to be quiet. I, I, there are times that I just didn't care what it was. I just needed them to be quiet because I was stressed or I had something going on. And I get, sometimes I just get overwhelmed a little too easily when things are stressful. But I have found that it's better for me just to say, look, if you're going to ask and I've given you the answer that you need to wait or give me a second and you're going to push it, then we're just going to say, if I have to make the decision right here, right now, the answer is no. <laughs> Plain and simple. And that got them to not only be quiet, <laughs> it got them to learn that they had to respect my time, they had to respect what was going on, and they had to learn how to wait for an answer. They had to also learn that if they're asking, that means they're, they should expect to know or they, they know that they're not in the position, they're not the authority. They're not the authority because they had to ask which means that they have to then respect that authority if they tell them to wait. Because kids don't always like waiting. Or whatever it is, whatever, it is. I, I know that in my house that had been the thing that we struggled with when we talk about ignoring either small sins or us being, or me being exhausted or, you know, that type of thing. What I've struggled with recently is having a child that asks me for, to do something. And it's when I haven't really, because I have, kids that are going in different directions and I have a business and I have things going on and they'll ask, can we do this? Can we do that? Can we, you know, what about if we do it this way or that way and this time? And that, that's just too overwhelming for me. I'm like, can you tell me what it is that you need or that you want, that you're desiring and the time or whatever it is, tell me what it is and then give me a second to think about it. And I didn't always get that. I got, but what about if we do it this way? But what else do you have going on? Because we could do it this, this time or that time or whatever. And then I finally just had to tell her, said, look, when I say maybe, let me think about it and give me the details, it means I'm actually considering it. But if you need me to make an, a decision right now, if that's what you need, if you need a decision right here, right now, then the answer is no. And that ended that conversation, and she did things exactly like she was supposed to. <laughs> because that's going to be your default, because now you have reinforced your position as the authority. You have gained back control, because often we feel really exhausted. When we're feeling exhausted or frustrated or angry, it's because we feel a loss of control. You have regained that, and they understand that, and you have time to assess instead of allowing for something and then having to go back later and changing it or just being frustrated. And again, as soon as you see, because I have another struggle I had with one of my other daughters was you would ask her to do something or say, don't do it right now or whatever. And then she'd find her own way to do it. You know, she would, she would say, I'm like, no, you, you know, don't do this. And it could be something really small. I'll give you an example of something very, very tiny that doesn't seem like it's really meaningful at all but we still reinforced it. We were painting a room, and because of that, the other room, all the furniture and everything spilled into that, and things were just chaotic. And she had a charger for her Kindle was behind just a mess of stuff. And I said, you'll just have to wait until tomorrow. Because I was sitting down, and there was, we were, some of us were eating, and some of us were doing, you know, other things. I was like, you know what, just wait until tomorrow, because we'll move things around then. 
Well, then she immediately decided to walk around and try to find another way for her to get it. And my husband immediately said, no, you were told to wait until tomorrow, not find another way to do it. So it's time for you to go to bed. I mean, the punishment was going to bed. She's supposed to go to bed anyway. And it seems very small, but when you think about it, she was told to wait. And she thought, well, I won't have to wait if she just doesn't want me going this way. But if I find a way to crawl under all of this stuff, if I find my own way to do it, then maybe it'll be okay. But what she didn't do is listen. Because she could have asked, well, if I go around this way, or do you mind if I try another way? She could have asked. I don't necessarily mind if they ask me a question, as long as it's done respectfully. I don't necessarily call that rebellion. It depends how it's done, how it's presented, you know, the heart attitude behind it. But the idea that instead of listening, she just went and did it, was going to find another way, that's, that is rebellion. And it may be very small. It may seem very small. It may seem like, really, you had to say something to her about something so tiny. But, yeah, you really do. Every act of rebellion. So just remember that. And it doesn't have to be they're punished for it. You just remind them of it. She was just reminded, no, you were told to wait. You know, go ahead and wait. You know, there was no crying. There's no yelling. There's no punishment. It was a gentle reminder. And that's what we want to do is we want to just reinforce that instead of getting to the point where – now they're full-blown just rebelling, just being, you know, just doing something totally different than what you've asked or not doing something that you've asked, and it's just blatant. Because sometimes they don't realize that they're being rebellious. You know, when they're, you know, they're thinking in their head something logical, and maybe they're not necessarily seeing it as rebellion. They're not seeing it as disobedient. They're seeing it as, well, you kind of said this, but what if I did it this way? I'll just try it this way. You know, I don't, you know, they may not, it may not be that purposeful thing, like I'm going to purposely rebel against you right here and right now, <laughs> you know. But they need to recognize that when they didn't do it exactly, that that was disobedience. So you're teaching them what obedience is, what disobedience is, and reinforcing the obedience. What will help your home run smoother and what will help weed out the weeds of sin in your child's heart is to not let anything go, but when I say that, it doesn't mean that everything is a punishment or everything's a conflict. It's, now, what did I ask you to do? What were you supposed to do today before you left? Well, you know, what's the one thing you're supposed to do before we invite people over? Oh, that's right, clean your room. Did you do that? Okay, well, go do that. And, of course, now you can have someone over. Just simple talking, so, you know, but the constant reinforcement. So I hope that helps you out, and you can visit our blog for uh, the three ways to lessen to grow in your child's heart, and the post is there for you to read, and you can also join us on Facebook, on facebook.com slash talkingmomtomom, and you can email us at info at talkingmomtomom.com. We love to hear from you. Anything that you want to say, any opinions, whatever, opinions, ideas, suggestions, um, discussion, whatever whatever you'd like to email us with, we're happy to answer. So we encourage you to do that. Thank you for joining me, and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Talking Mom to Mom with Lindsay and Rochelle. Talking Mom to Mom is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.